Another day of the Gasparilla Overload is here, and today's guest is someone I am so glad I met. Growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, she was exposed to installation and street art every day, and she was inspired to become a traditional artist. I had reached out to the faculty at UT in hopes to collaborate with a fellow Spartan. Working with fellow alum is something I plan on engaging in throughout my professional career, as I can't wait to shed light on other Spartans' careers. This one is for my project for parents and children from the newborn age all the way through reading on their own. I was given 10 artist portfolios, and I loved what I saw from Gina's, as it was the style I was looking for for this particular project. Stay tuned for great details, and welcome back to That Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Vincent A. Lancy. You can find more about me at Vincent A. Lancy on all social media or YouTube. And my website is vincentalancy.com. Like Gina, each week I interview an entrepreneur, the founder of a company or brand to share what works for them, some things they needed to improve on, and all of their learning lessons along the way right here on this show. There have been weekly episodes since 2019, so you have plenty to choose from, including two bonus series. We have the Gasparilla Overload and also Rewind the Clock episodes, where I bring back past guests to share what's new and new learning lessons. Of course, you never know which motivational journey will inspire you most. Gina Bernardini is currently the founder of Dreamt Up Mural Co., designing and painting murals in the Tampa Bay area. She graduated from the University of Tampa in 2021 with a BFA in animation and a Bachelor of Science in mathematical programming, allowing her to explore the digital and technological sphere of art. She is also a freelance animator and digital illustrator with plans to become a part of a feature-length film pipeline. With both her murals and films, she hopes to use her work to advocate for social justice and community, and I love that. Plus, her freelancing abilities gave me the opportunity to connect with her and start this amazing project. Allow me to now bring her on, Gina Bernardini. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be included in this. Of course. Can you say hello to our listeners? Let them know who Gina is, and then we'll dive into business talk. Yeah. Hi. Um, I'm Gina Bernardini. Um, as you mentioned, I just graduated from UT in the spring, so kind of new to the entrepreneurial world. Um, I've been kind of doing two business ventures separately, the murals and then also freelancing. So uh, presenting themselves with both like equally separate challenges, you know, very different, but um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what I'm doing now, but I've just been an artist my whole life traditionally. And I kind of moved into digital later on. So I have both backgrounds and I'm working in both at the same time. So very different, but yeah. Which do you prefer, working digitally or not? Um, I think now I, I I do prefer to work digitally because I can I can do things that look a little bit more impressive kind of faster. Um, but I I'm definitely implementing my traditional skills all the time everywhere. So um, I, I think I prefer to to do digital because it's it's kind of it's both. It, it's definitely both. But um, I'm using that. You mentioned my my other degrees in math. Which I don't really get to talk about very much because it yeah, doesn't please. come up and, you know, but um, I have that analytical side and very logical thing. So I get to do some coding and some fun stuff when I work digitally. So I think that's, it's also a challenge, which is why I enjoy it. 
Well, I'm looking forward to the combination of your skill sets that you're bringing yeah. to our upcoming project. But before we get into all of that, you mentioned how when you grew up in Chicago, that's when you really found your passion for art. Let's talk yeah. about what led you right into entrepreneurship, believing in yourself. Yeah, well, so definitely the area I was in, there's a lot of art everywhere. Um, and I I grew up having options to, to work in art, which was really cool. Both my parents are entrepreneurs. Um, my mom actually does work in art now. Um, she she paints and, and does some other things, but I have like all artistic family members. So um, being in the area I was in and there were places for me to work as an art instructor and different things like that and seeing art everywhere was like, I always had their support and I always had opportunities, you know, to, to uh, implement that into a job. I mean, I wouldn't say at that point career, but a lot of people don't get to see those things kind of being overlapped. So I definitely had that exposure super early. Um, but just entrepreneurship in general, my, my parents definitely are inspiration for me. Um, there's, I mean, my dad's like, he builds houses and does things like that, but um, so inspirational and has been doing it forever. And so I just never thought that I couldn't do something for myself. So that's awesome. Um, but going into art and, and seeing that around me, it's like, I, I, I don't know how I figured it out, but you kind of learn that if you're going into a creative field, you have to be creative in the way that you also work and like form your career. So it was just kind of expected um, from the beginning that if I wanted to make a career as an artist, I was going to have to, you know, kind of make it for myself. So, yeah. I love how you're shedding light on surrounding yourself with good role models, whether it be parents or someone else, you found someone else's story to push you through that. I saw him do it. I saw him work hard. I can do it too. And you certainly are on the great track, but since you've been doing this and you, it's not just since you graduated, you've been an artist your whole life, finding ways to sell yourself, sell your pieces. What are two of the hardest parts of being in business on your own? Um, I would say there's, there's many more than two, but, um, to kind of narrow it down, I would say for me right now, especially with the murals is, um, marketing and, and outreach. Um, I decided, so I am from, yeah, suburbs of Chicago. Um, when I decided to start doing murals professionally, I actually stayed here in Tampa because it's growing a lot and there are a lot of new, new buildings opening new things that there would be opportunities for me. Um, I've kind of found a niche, but, um, in Chicago, there's so many well-known artists and it's really hard as, as a new you know person in, into this to make a name for myself and to have people want to, Oh, I want a mural by Gina Virginia. You know, it's not an easy thing to do. So in Tampa, at least it's, it's, I have the small businesses, you know, but there are some big companies here that just, they do the huge installations. They do the big murals and I work mostly by myself. So it's, you know, that's not really a huge option for me, but um, marketing and outreach for sure, because my, my audience is small businesses and it sometimes like, like me, they're also struggling with the marketing. So, you know, it's kind of too, we're just hoping to cross paths at some point. I'm always trying to talk to people and say, oh, like, I don't even know, just meeting people that maybe have their own businesses and, and things like that. So it's, it's lucky that I'm in an area here where there's, there are a lot of small, small businesses. Um, so that that's good, but yeah, definitely the marketing side. Um, I struggle with that 
a lot. <laughs> Marketing but, is challenging for me too. I think yeah. that's probably one of my weaker qualities. I always enjoyed it in school, but there's so much to do as an entrepreneur. Marketing sometimes yeah. takes the back end, but I love that. Is there anything else that's challenging for you? Um, yes. I mean, so in both the murals and the animation, it's I'm working alone. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm kind of holding myself accountable, but to not taking on too many things. I want to say yes to everything. I've, I have been really lucky to have some awesome professors and stuff come out of UT and just people in, in the community now yep. that it's, it seems like they're every day, there's something, you know, happening or they want me to come help out or whatever. And I'm, I want to say yes to everything. I want to be always, you know, uh, a part of every project. And it's, it's difficult because, um, I have to hold myself accountable to the things that I have already said yes to, which is already too much. And I just don't want to say no. So I think that's, that's another thing is I have to realize I'm not working with a studio. It really is. It's just me. So, um, I've been known to take on very, um, challenging, ambitious projects, I guess I would say <laughs> things that are kind of out of my, what people would expect I would be capable of and somehow either pulling them off or, just being like, why, why did I do this to myself? So yeah. Um, kind of knowing my, my boundaries as a, a single person business. Yeah, so, I'm with you right there. Yeah. I always putting too much on my plate. I had the fourth show of in story share, which is still alive, but it's on a break just because I put too much on my plate and I need to stay accountable for what we have going on. It will get easier as time goes on, so I'm told. But I think that as we grow, there's just more doors that open and there's more things for us to do. So we have to continue to prioritize what's most important. I'd now like to discuss a little more about our project, Gina. We haven't yeah. really spoken about it much in public. I mentioned at the beginning, we're working on something for parents as well as kids who are newborns with their parents and through their reading age. What is your role in this project, Gina? Um, so my role in this project is, is, um, illustrator. So that is another thing that I, I do. I'm, I'm digitally illustrating these, the, the book, I'm making some character designs based on some people that you have included in this story, which is super fun. Um, so yeah, just kind of doing some, some layout illustration. Um, I'm really excited about it because, um, like you mentioned earlier, I mean, about my, my, my background in bio, it's just, uh, really love to push the the social advocacy, different, you know, messages and stuff. And I think what you have going for this, this book and this project is going to be really great. So I'm super happy to have my, you know, hand in it too. So, yeah. I'm very grateful that you came on board. It's a book that is finally going to hit that last age bracket in my mental health stories. We have Mr. Lance, who talks mental health for the older students and adults. Mental Health Week is the latest book for elementary school students really that second grade forward. And now we're finally getting that last piece in there. There is some more exciting announcements with this book, but I want to save some for our next announcement together. Now let's talk about lessons learned, Gina. What is one of your greatest lessons learned throughout your career, college, your whole life? And why is it still sticking with you? Um, well, so I, I mentioned this earlier about taking on too many things, but um, I think my biggest my biggest learning experience was um, my senior project for college. It was my my capstone film, so it was animating 
directing, writing, <laughs> producing this, this project that um, traditionally at UT had been about a one to three minute project, maybe at most. And I final that eight minutes. <laughs> so uh, again, it was, it was kind of the, the taking on too many boundaries, but I think the lesson that I took with that was, um, that I, I'm kind of implementing now. So when you're in school and you're a student, for me, at least my whole life was that. So, you know, if I had to get a project done, I would stay up all night and do it. And I would use my whole weekend. And there was no, there was no difference between my personal life and my school life. It was just, you know, just school. And I've always like been so proud of how I am as a student and I've identified with school so, so much. So moving out of that now um, and working on my own, it's like, I don't have those structured deadlines from professors. I don't have that kind of stuff. So I have to make that for myself, but I have to learn how to do it um, in a healthy way, (laughs) not drinking monsters at 4am to keep going. Um, So kind of setting a time. I, I am working. I feel like my, my life is my work all the time. I can't get away from it. So, you know, I can answer emails at night or whatever, but at some point I have to be like, okay, I think my work day is over now, you know? Um, otherwise I'll end up working through the night and it's just not, it's not good. So I've kind of for myself set up some office hours, which is the thing that hopefully I'll keep, I'll keep with me yeah. after college burnout was, um, was tough. <laughs> From that, uh, that project specifically, yeah. In the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, those were the 16, 18-hour days. It just was what it is. And like you, yeah. I'm always working. It's very hard to turn it off. But I have the mental health day each week. I talk about it a lot. It's usually on Sundays, so I can watch the Jets. Now that that's over, <laughs> it will just be contingent on my workload. Different days, there will be my off days. Sometimes it's Tuesday. Sometimes it's Thursday. But I really do try to also hold myself accountable on six days a week because although we've got some accomplishments, some good ones so far, the best is still yet to come. And this project we're working on, we're both very focused on it. And we're going to announce our a company that has backed us and something special we're tailoring for this book in our later announcements. So stay tuned. But I'd now like to learn a little more about you, Gina. If you could learn from any entrepreneur, dead or alive throughout history, who would you choose? Um, I think a lot of people would expect me to say something in animation because there's so many people like, you know, obviously everybody wants to talk to Walt Disney. I think that would be an amazing experience, but, um, coming from my other, like from the, the street art mural kind of thing, I would love to have a conversation with Banksy, which a lot of people would say that because it's sought after, you know, uh, experience, um, not only from the anonymity, but just, um, the social justice activism kind of side of it, you know, how, how can you have something so like distinguishably you without anyone knowing who you are, you know? And I was saying, I struggle with the marketing. So that would just be something insane to learn from, but like, yeah. it's such a brave thing to do to kind of put those ideas out there. And I, I don't know if people would say it would be the opposite if nobody knows who you are anyway, <laughs> but like, that kind of icon to come out of like really just pure messaging. There's nothing else behind it. Nobody knows who you are. It's just that uh, really inspirational kind of thing. So I would definitely love to have a conversation with Banksy if that was ever possible. Um, If it were possible, 
where would you choose it to be? Where would you want the meeting to go down? Um, I would definitely say his home area, like England, kind of, that would be so cool. You know, I would yeah. love to just be kind of out in the streets and see, see where those things live. I've never actually seen one in person. I've, you know, seen the documentaries. I've seen his film. He's a great filmmaker, but uh, I, that would be a cool one. Or in Disneyland where he's banished. Cause that would be amazing too. <laughs> um, well, tell me more about that. Debacle. Oh, um, he snuck in with a, a, blow up that he had created to, you know, make a public commentary and snuck it onto a ride at Disneyland and set it up. And it was a whole thing. Yeah. So still nobody really knows who he is obviously, but um, he's banished from Disneyland after that. <laughs> so I would, that I would have loved to, to watch happen, but. Yeah. Well, we'll have His, to tag him in happen. this episode. That way maybe <laughs> you guys can get some collab together. Yeah. But we know what's going on with your entrepreneurial endeavors on my end. We're working on this great project together. Is there anything else that you'd like to share that you're working on? Um, personally, so I have that short film that I was just talking about, the one I need to set some boundaries on. Um, I've been working on it for almost two years now. Um, so I'm hoping to finish it mid this this year, start submitting to festivals. So that's kind of something I'm doing exciting. my own time. Um, yeah, it's so exciting. I, I've put so much into this project and I'm just ready for it to be be ready for everyone else to see, you know? So that's super exciting. And then in terms of murals, I'm, I'm really hoping for some more um, public, public spaces. Um, right now I've been doing a lot of, you know, interiors, um, mm -hmm. some schools and things like that. But I've been applying for some um, public installations with the city of Tampa, other things like that. So I'm hoping that that will be kind of my next my next thing with the murals, getting some more exterior ones. Um, yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing this movie. I look forward to seeing everything else you have going on. Please keep me in the loop so I can share it with this audience. And now I think it is a great time to get into the spotlight story. If it's your first show with us towards the end of each episode, my guest and I go over another entrepreneur's journey. And I would love to hear today's guest take on it as we have an all-star art entrepreneur on the show today. I will introduce the journey of another in Andy Warhol. As equally as he was an artist, I learned he was an entrepreneur and he kickstarted his career in the 1950s as a commercial illustrator, earning a sizable revenue to finance his artistic ventures. As a child, he suffered from Sydenham chorea, which is a neurological disorder commonly known as St. Vitus dance. And it's really characterized by involuntary movements. This disorder occasionally kept him home from school where he would read comics and Hollywood magazines and play with paper cutouts. This in the depression era in Pittsburgh, the family had few luxuries, but he did have his parents buy him a camera when he was just eight years old, maybe some foreshadowing into a career. Warhol fixated on his physical imperfections and occasionally kept him bedridden as he had pigment issues that caused discoloration of his skin as well. This really pushed him into painting, focusing on his, on his passions. His lifelong interest in beauty regimes and skincare made its way into his work with early paintings depicting a nose job, wigs, and pain relief for corns. By the 1980s, Warhol had a nearly daily exercise regime and took vitamin supplements to improve his hair and skin. He incorporated bodybuilder imagery into his work and exercise equipment as well. I think it's incredible how he really just took a full-on transformation. Then in his later years, the artist individual marks remained 
distinct and recognizable all over the place. He returned to hand painting with a brush in the 1980s, something he had set aside in the 1960s in favor of silkscreen. I guess that was more popular. Mm-hmm. What do you take away from his story, Gina? Um, the thing I, I really like to talk about most or like hear about when I when you know the conversation comes up about about Warhol is um, you know how much other people were involved in his work. I you know this is something I, I really want to like learn from and, and start doing. But you know not only obviously the icons that inspired his work and you know came came through a lot of his prints and stuff. Um, he had a lot of partnerships you know with other artists. Um, I think, you know, somewhere in the article is talking about they would, you know, collaborate on the same canvas. And that's so like, so cool. So fun. But like um, in in terms of his his printmaking and that kind of stuff, there were a lot of people behind the scenes that really did help out with his his process and and were some of the people actually making the work. You know, he was the creative um, force, but um, he was very, you know, had had a big team of people. And I I think that I I really want to try working in that way and and collaborating with other artists more often. I see a lot of people around here um, doing collaborative murals and and things like that. Um, And you just see other people's styles come through and he had a very, very distinct style. So when he kind of partnered with some other people, it's just like uh, a really great contrast and something that I would love to love to try and love to do. So that's kind of my my favorite thing about him as an artist is, you know, his collaborations. After our collaboration, you'll just keep going. The sky's the limit for you because like this whole episode, you've proven you're ambitious. I think that's going to be contagious for our audience. So thank you for showing that. And thank you so much for coming on the show. I really liked in the beginning, I, I like I said, you followed your passion. You knew from early days, Chicago, that traditional art was something you want to do. I liked how you also shared that, Things were evolving to the digital age. So you also had to learn it. And now you find it equally valuable, equally fun for you to produce. So everyone out there, don't limit yourself. What would you like your last word to be, Gina? Um, I, I don't know if this is long-winded for a last word, but I just had someone recently tell me I was feeling so, I don't know, uninspired. Like It's so hard sometimes with art when people say artist block and whatever. It's like, um, but I, I had someone tell me that my my art is meaningful to other people and that really like hit me because i i don't put as much value i guess in, into what i'm doing i i hope i want to but um i didn't i didn't realize that it was um you know affecting other people when i do produce things and i put things out there so i would just say you know if you're scared to put anything out there just do it be as creative as you want to even if it looks terrible you think you hate it other people might, might might even love it. It might inspire someone to do something great. So um, don't be afraid to share what you're doing and don't overwork yourself. <laughs> that's that's my biggest lesson. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Now tell everybody where they can find you, follow you. Yeah. Um, for my murals, um, Instagram is kind of my, my biggest uh, outlet. So I would say at dreamt up murals on Instagram. That is uh, D-R-E-A-M-T up murals um and then my art instagram is at gina.bernardini and my website is ginabernardini.myportfolio.com thank you for sharing all that gina and thank you so much for coming on the show everyone be sure to go check out her great content and stay on the lookout for our next announcement regarding our upcoming project targeting april 1st 
We are at That Entrepreneur Show on all social media besides Twitter because of the character limit. We are at Podcast by Lancey. My handles are at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media, YouTube, and the website is VincentALancey.com. Mental Health Week is my latest book. Be sure to check it out for the elementary school children in your life. Let's end the show with the quote that inspired me, and it is from this Spotlight Entrepreneur, and it's simple, relating to believing in yourself and art. Don't pay any attention to what they write about you. Just measure it in inches. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you on the next episode tomorrow on the Gasparilla Overload. Thank you, Gina, for coming on. Thank you for having me.